Good morning. Uh, it's still, yeah, it's still morning. How are you today? Let me turn this music off. Sorry about that. Why do I do that? I always forget about the music. I forget. Sometimes I forget about. Well, I never forget putting on. I always forget to turn off the volume. Instead, I, you know, I turn it up some. But we'll get used to it. We'll get through it. We'll get through it. Hey, I just listened to a, if you like true crime, I'm not an avid listener to it, but there was one, uh, I've been listening to one episode of this uh, Rotten Mango, Rotten Mango, yep, that's the name of it, this pretty Asian American girl, young girl, uh, she, she sounds, you know, like she has, it's it's funny, when she refers to a particular, she's doing serial killers right now, and the one I'm listening to is about the Candyman. Not the movie, The Candyman, but not. And I'm not trying to horn in on their business. I'm just talking about the show. And they don't really give dates. You know, they don't talk about when they were active. And they start talking about when the main character was drafted in the army and led me to believe that the last time they had that was in the early 70s before, you know, the Vietnam War. They had the selective service around, but they haven't had anybody. So I had to presuppose that the person was drafted in the 60s, but they kept on referring to camcorders and things like that um, in the mid-70s, which weren't really prevalent, if that's what it was. i got to go and check it. It could have taken place in 50s and 60s. Sounds like 50s and 60s, actually, the kind of stuff that was going on and how clueless people were to gay people. But it's interesting when you see people talk about it and not really give reference to the time. What was available, what wasn't. Because you talk, if someone, you get a millennial listening to a podcast, they don't necessarily realize that cell phones weren't really prevalent until post-2000. I mean, people had them before, but they weren't prevalent. And, you know, rotary phones, dial dial phones, TV, uh, not being cable, how people used to watch, if they wanted to watch a movie, they'd have to actually have to buy a movie sometimes. Like the, the, a 16 millimeter film. And you get a projector and you, you, that's how you would do it. You could actually, you could rent those back in the day. The film. It depends on, you know, what you were using it for, but you'd rent them and I worked at a campground, my aunt and uncle's campground, and they used to rent films every Saturday night. And it would be like Shane or Old Yeller or something like that. And they play at our big picnic area, uh, covering area at the campground for people. And I'd run the popcorn machine. It was fun. But that that's the way things happened back then. But it's a great show if you're one. It's called Rotten Mango. Uh, I just hit upon it because it was sitting on Spotify, and uh, I enjoyed it. I'm going to listen to the rest of it. 
I had this feeling, though, you shouldn't be listening to too many too true crimes because it could make you, especially nowadays, you know, just listening to murder and true crime. Unless you have a coping mechanism that doesn't make you negative, there's a propensity after watching a lot of negative stuff that makes you, it could make you depressed. So you should throw some comedy in there. You know, something. Something just to make the day a little lighter. While we're in the Keys and it's uh, it's been nice and breezy and we had rain. And uh, f- fortunately for us, my, my uh, wife was having some issues and we had to go up to an emergency, uh, the emergency room to get some tests. And we just needed to know if these symptoms she had were serious to you know they did a blood test they did cat scan and just gave it clear and so they don't think it's something serious and and uh they they think it's due to it's a side effect of the vaccine and i don't want to get too detailed in it but until you know like i I do realize normally they take like six seven years to test vaccines you know they have to have see what happens in the long term and things like that and uh, the symptoms she has weren't indicative of the side effects they've seen at least but then again who knows it's still early there's still more than half the world more than half the united states still needs to be vaccinated if it gets vaccinated at all but we're not doing about we're not talking about this during the show so driving up uh, we had gone to a clinic in the Keys, and then we decided to get a second opinion by going up to a hospital on the mainland. And fortunately, fortunately, we are at the top of the Keys, so it's only about 30 minutes for us when we're not in rush hour. If you're in rush hour, it could take an hour. Yeah, it's like everything down here. You know, we, we're in a small place, but we still can, you can still get rush hour. I'm sure this is in the United States like that, where you're in a rural area along an interstate and all of a sudden, you know, you're 40 miles from the city and you know there's going to be a shitload of people coming through, right? Well, that's the way it is in the Keys, you know, people heading up from south and it's right around 4 or 5 o'clock if the northbound traffic ties up because we've got that single lane leaving the Keys. And we get up to the hospital and I, I have to say, once again, even though I, I work part-time at a hospital, I don't interact a lot in on the business end with the medical personnel. I bump into them every so often. And we're a small community hospital where I work part-time as a fitness instructor. And I've always been surprised at the level of professionalism and how upbeat a lot of these people are, considering how tough their jobs are. And so, so many sweet people. There was uh, the 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 uh, physician's assistant. I think it was attending. They called him. Yeah, he 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 was great. And then it's Mari, uh, who was a nurse. And it was a, it was a shift change. So the first person and second. It was a, two different nurses, and it they were just wonderful. I mean, it's a difficult situation. It's a very busy hospital. and gets busy at night. And they had an interesting setup because of COVID. I guess they, had a, they have a big tent outside the emergency room where 
they screen people before they go in. And they may keep them outside, you know, if they have a fever or something like that. And then they call them when they, you know, bring them in immediately into the back. So there's less time and place there. So once again, I'd like to give my uh, shout out to all the medical people, the people working, nurses, doctors, clerks, admitting clerks, uh, the people, the janitorial staff, the cafeteria staff the technicians, the phlebotomist, the people that run imaging, they are super. And I really do, I have, I do love to talk to medical personnel. I do, they are, you know, they're just wonderful people. And there's always the exception to the rule. I understand it. I understand there's certain people. But, you know, they, got, they have a lot of pressure and it's a tough job. Speaking about tough jobs, today was my first day back as a spin instructor. And yesterday I had, you heard if you listened to the last podcast, uh, I forget how it would be, 441. During the podcast, I received a shipment, and I was talking about Amazon and how they do warehousing and all that shit. And I did something I wasn't going to do. I was going to keep my old phone for at least a day so I can use it. I keep all my music on it and I the music app I do, I build playlists on it and I to put it on airplane mode and I, I sync up with our Bluetooth sound system at the gym and that's, oh, that's how all the instructors do it. Well, me, you know, it's funny. I told you I'm a procrastinator and, and shit like that. But when I get excited, I get excited about technology. I was getting a my I got the old phone, which was wasn't some it wasn't five uh, G capable. So I got the new one, and it has you know a great camera and all that stuff and different features on it. But you know, like I said, I only use like I don't use every feature of it. But I have to say the camera is much better. I took some pictures of it. It took a while. It took a while for me to get it. But I'm I do all my changeovers and stuff like that for an older man. I'm pretty good with some of the tech if I'm not in the tech field. But, uh, <clears throat> oh, someone's calling right now. I'm going to pause right now to see what this is. This could be the wife. Be right back. So I'm back. So I'm talking about the, uh, that was, I got a phone call for this company called Nearshore Electric. And I guess it's a similar number to mine. It's an electrical contractor, electrical supply company. And, they, most of the time, people are very polite. Sometimes you get people who are like, oh, that's not it. And they hang up without even saying they're sorry. This person was apologizing. I said, well, it must be a close number. But you're, I said, certainly making a phone, wrong number phone call does not warrant apology for me. And they, they were apologizing. I go, oh, no, that's all right. Have a wonderful day. And I left it at that. So I did my first spin class again, and I have my music app on my old phone, and I put it on my new phone, and I'm switching everything. And it was going so easily, the swap. But last night when I was at the hospital, I was we were waiting in the, in the waiting area, the wife and I, I'm messing with it, taking pictures of her and stuff like that. She's not feeling, I'm not taking pictures of her while she's sick. She just has these symptoms that concerned her and they weren't getting any worse but they were kind of mild so we just needed to know what it was 
So to get back to it, I finally worked out how to store my photos and all that stuff. And Christ, it, it's it's always one thing for me. So I, I always, whenever I changed phone or did anything like an update, I used to have problems with my music app. And it sometimes wouldn't sync up with the Bluetooth and, and, and the new and the gym. And, you know, never know. You don't get to play. So I did a redundant system. And another thing I was doing, I was concerned about my spin class when I came back, is that when we were gone for so long, I don't do as much cardio. Well, I did cardio now, and I'm actually in better shape than I was than when I stopped. I mean, I look to be in better shape, let's say. Because it wasn't exactly the case that I was in better shape. So I had... Uh, a young, young, uh, significantly younger women than me, uh, from their twenties through thirties and forties, uh, come to the class, and they've been doing spin longer than uh, recently. This more than I, and they were in tip-top condition for spin. I was not, even though I appeared to be in the condition. That's the thing about working out. Some people, I made people say, oh, it looks like you do a lot. You look like, you know, this, that, blah, blah, blah. You can look very fit and not be fit. And you can look to be out of shape and be fit. That's just the way it is. I see a lot of people that are um, larger people and they handle it really well. They work out well and all this stuff. So I go into the class and I had to put in some, I didn't want to have the same music I had. The last time I taught a class on a regular basis was March of 2020. So now it's May 2021. It's almost 14 months later. So I didn't want to have the same, so I had to, you know, I had to drop in like of a playlist of, 12, 13 songs, I put in like six new songs and I rotated six old songs in. And I have to do that for the next couple of weeks to get back into the groove so people say, hey, he just plays old music and stuff. But there I am, I'm teaching class, I'm concerned about music, I'm concerned about my phone, I'm concerned about this, all this stuff. And I have my knees bikes that we use for spin class who have these, you clip in your shoes, they're special clips behind under the shoe that clip to the pedals. They're fast-release clips, and if you're familiar with biking, you know where they are. But it just, you're locked on the pedals, so when you're pedaling, you not only get the advantage of pushing down, which everyone who has a bike, you, you develop almost all the power while you're pushing down, unless you're clipped in. When you're clipped in, when you make that, when your foot goes down to 6 o'clock and start pulling it up, you're clipped in, so you're pulling uh, the pedal and you're creating more power, and it's more even, and you're using both sides of your muscles and stuff like that, like on your thigh, the front, and the back of the thigh, and it just spreads it out better, and it's a good workout. So here I was concerned, and I'm doing it, I feel like I'm having a, an event, you know, right? It seemed like heartburn, and I'm thinking, I better not have a heart attack. Because that is the worst thing to do as a fitness instructor. I mean, the, the second worst thing is being heavy as a fitness instructor. The first one is having a heart attack when you're spinning. Sorry. Third thing is 
spilling water. No, not spilling water. Probably falling off the bike, not being able to unclip. But the worst thing is heart attacks. Second thing is, what is that? What was the second thing? But, I mean, I was having a problem. And finally, after 20, 25 minutes, I started feeling it. It came back. It came back after 25 minutes. It was great. It was miraculous. Once again, another word I have. Um, It sounds like I'm drinking again, doesn't it? But, yeah, I'm slurring words. I had a speech impediment when I was younger. So, Jim, you have a speech impediment. What are you doing a podcast for? Well, you're... Guess is as good as mine. So feedback for the spin class. I was done and I, I came home and I have today's my normal day off and I'm thinking about doing a podcast. And I said, you know what? I, I better cut the lawn because we having the, the rains and, the, you know, I'm a more of a natural guy. So I don't put a lot of grass seed down because grass just dies when you don't water it enough. And I don't like watering it because it's a waste of water. I'm watching my water saying water instead of water, right? I've been watching Mayor of Easttown, and I'm, I'm looking at his point. God damn it. People from my neck of the woods sound a bit different, and sometimes they accuse, they're accused of being a little slow. But that's that. Speaking about being from another place, if you are in Key Largo, if you are in Key Largo, Stop by the Catch Restaurant and Bar at Mile Marker 102, Oceanside. That's the left side as you're going south. And it's open every day of the week for lunch and dinner. It has happy hour from 3.30 to 6.30. On Saturdays, you usually have a live band. Uh, They have a lot of seafood uh, dishes there and a lot of non-seafood dishes. So if you're one of those families... Diverse families where you have seafood eaters and non-seafood eaters. It's a great place for you. And they got a kid's menu and all that stuff. And if you catch your own fish and you have it filleted and ready to go and stuff, they'll be happy to cook that up for you. I actually had a call from someone a couple weeks ago and they said, and it was a good question. They said, is this a place where you have to supply your own fish? And I thought, wow, at a crowded place, that may be a good thing to cook someone else's own fish because that, I mean, it changes the liability. If you screw up their fish, what are you going to do, right? If you overcook it and stuff like that, yeah, you ruined my fucking fish. I bought it. You know, you can't just cook another one. But, uh, it re- you know, if it's spoiled, it's your, yeah, you, you brought the fish in. You shouldn't know about refrigeration. We had refrigeration for over 100 years. Why, why aren't you refrigerating your fish? You know, all that stuff like that. I'm not saying that. But, Oh my God! Why did how did it get there? I never know. Sometimes I don't even know how I get to these places. Well, stop by to catch some time. Tell them the keys bartender sent you. Say hi to me if you see a big, big doofus behind the bar, a little older. That's me. And uh, if you have any, once again, if you have any questions or anything like that about coming to the keys and you want some information from me, I'm Jim at keysbartender.com. If you have any questions about the show, I'm happy to do it. I'll do that at the end. And please follow us on Facebook and all that, Instagram. We're going to be doing more of uh, those commercials, probably doing embedded ones, but I'll try to make them interesting. On another note, since we're moving along here and we're in the keys, I'd like to say hi to some of our listeners. Uh, we have uh, our friends from the... Um, Harry 
Erie, Pennsylvania way. Desiree and Jen, I'd like to say hi to them. They stayed down here. They were snowbirds this past uh, winter. And we became friends. They're a lovely couple. And uh, they were lovely two ladies. They were there down here. And they were regulars on, you know, they come in, often come on a Friday, a lot of times on a Saturday. And they come in and enjoy their jalapeno margaritas. And Jen would like her White Claws or, you know, one of those four to five uh, club sodas. Which I always suggest if you like that, why don't you just drink vodka? Right? I mean, you could do it consistently. Say, listen, I want one shot of vodka, uh, raspberry vodka, or whatever flavor you want. You can get the same thing. It's actually better for you. Instead of malt liquor, you're getting the, the vodka. And the vodka is a little more rare fried liquor. And it's cheaper. It's cheaper a bit a lot of times. Right? Because you're paying for the bottling and all that stuff. But I'll probably have to change my tune if I ever get an endorsement from one of these hard club sodas. So I have to do that. I'm not going to delete this episode, though. To moving on to another subject, you've all heard me talk about Uber Eats and DoorDash and all those things, right? How they suck away the profit from profitable mom and pop places and how probably the big chains like Olive Garden and all those Applebee's and stuff, they figured out what they can charge and how much profit they make on it, their food, and they buy in bulk. Mom and pop places run on a little narrower thing, and especially with the if they have a liquor license, they depend on the liquor license uh, to make a lot of the money. Liquor license and the soda. Soda's a big, big profit maker because of the cost of the, the product and how stable it is. Because syrup can last a year, at least. And you can get, I don't know how much, I have no idea. Like I said, I don't do the cost projections for it, stuff like that. But it usually run, it's probably a dime, the cost of a soda for it to come out. And they charge, most places charge over two bucks. And you give as many refills as you can. I mean, you could be a super diabetic, uh, heavy guy, you know, trying to break the world record. And you barely would break the uh, amount of liquid you could drink to wipe out the profit. So a lot of times with these, because of our technology that has been around recently, the social networking, everyone being online, people have streamlined and figure like it first started with the Angie's List. Think of Angie's List. And that was like approved vendors. And Angie's List didn't do anything other than they they could take they could take a fee from you for listing them, getting your place reviewed, and you could be approved vendor list on Angie's List. And she'd also make money; uh, they'd make money doing advertising on their site. And after that, so they're not really seizing capital; they're just making it a more like a a better business bureau for places. But there's other places that came along. And you realize if you're listeners of the show that I've had several different companies. I started out with a delivery company and I started doing delivery services for people uh, that go on vacation. And then I would, um, you know, know, uh, when I say 
come come to vacation, I would do a shopping list for them. And there's some people that live down here that just didn't like to go shopping. There were some wealthy people that wanted to do it. And I wasn't really that kind of service because they were looking for, they weren't looking, I, I was providing a premium service. And when you hear premium service, that means we charge a lot. So I started out with that. And I wanted to do B2B stuff too. If someone needed from from the, the mainland, a Whole Foods trips because there was no Whole Foods uh, in the Keys. So I do runs up there. And there was a couple of people that would want that. But it, it, it was really, I mean, my hat's off to people that do Instacart and what the bag boy or whatever, something, delivery boy, all these different on wraps. Because it was work. And during Christmas when I had a lot of orders coming in for vacationers. I've had like $1,200 worth of groceries in three different carts going to fill up, you know, and I, I, I shop and move it to the front, shop and move it to the front, and then I have to deliver it. And I had these refrigerated bags and coolers and all this stuff in my in the van I had. But what happened is obviously there was an incursion for it and there was price pressures coming in with the incursions of the online offering. Sorry about that noise. I'm going to have to turn this off. That's my lunch. But I'm not going to eat it right now because you're more important than me. Let me just open it. and There we go. So I went from there. I went to transportation because there was... Uber was down here. Uber was starting out. And this was about seven, eight years ago. But they couldn't keep drivers in the Keys because of the cyclical nature of it. They'd have drivers come down on the weekends and when it was busy. But when it's off busy and you needed people to be driven to the airport and stuff like that, there weren't any airports. And I got insurance and I did all that. And... That worked out pretty good, but Jesus, that is that's a tough job too. You got to worry about uh, uh, doing all these things. You being on time, getting through uh, traffic. If you really want to be profitable, you try to do two, three trips a day, and that's just a lot of driving. And after you got insurance and like that, you really you get wiped out. I mean, even though the money was decent there, but it was barely it was barely worth it. And then now we have pressure from Uber and all those places that come in. So the last thing I did, or one of the last things I did, no, one of the last two was baby furniture rental for people that were vacationing. So I thought, well, if someone was coming, they don't have to get on a plane. They don't have to travel with all this crap. And uh, one of the big things, most people, unless they are doing long-term rentals, wouldn't bring a whole crib, Right. They'd bring a portable crib or a pack-and-play and things like that. And if they were traveling by plane, the less the better. So if I could rent equipment for about the same price or less than the luggage fees, I was a no-brainer, right? And I would just deliver it to the rental property or the hotel. And that was great. That was great business because... Cribs cost about $200, $220. And then I started finding these, um, they're called evacuation cribs or institutional cribs. There were metal ones that folded. But I used to assemble the cribs in the house. And then you have to clean them. And people say, oh, it's a lot of work cleaning. Well, I charge a decent amount of money for it. 
was worth it. I was targeting $50 an hour. That's what I wanted to make, $50 an hour. And then I can deduct the mileage and all this stuff. And it was going pretty good. But once again, I had pressure from online. I started seeing a service someone started offering. And what they did was supply people with the equipment. And the price pressure there was driving the price, well, like 30%. It was 30% lower than what I did. And I knew the people that were doing the work were making less than half what I was making. And I knew I wouldn't want to do that. Work was hard. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to maintain the inventory. But I had made a certain amount of money doing it. And I was able to uh, give away most of my equipment. So when I did that, I just decided, oh, I'll let it go. I'm not, going to comp- I'm not going to try to compete against people that are willing to do that. And that's the same thing happened with Instacart and things like that. When they came in, it was pressure. And especially with COVID, with the pandemic, a shitload of people took the gig work. And the last thing I had, I had a notary. I got the notary thing because someone said, did he know a notary? And I checked in what a notary, what it cost. And I ended up making my initial cost of that in the first couple months of becoming a notary and then decided to make it a notary service. And then I really didn't do much for it for a year. And then right towards the end of the pandemic, I just started to do it again. Because then I had some weddings during the pandemic. I had some marriages that uh, came about and things like that. And it was fun. And then I got my notary signing uh, agents. It's, a notary works as a closing agent for real estate deals. And they present the papers and do these things. And what now, this is the thing that got me in the last the last thing. There's notary signing services. They're clearing houses and title companies, mortgage companies, real estate agents. They call these online services and they ask notaries to apply and they send them jobs. Now, I live Florida Keys. As you know, it's being a Keys bartender. And that's my, I get all these postings for Monroe County. And they'll be in, but most of them are in Key West and Marathon. And Marathon is an hour and a half, three-hour round trip away. Okay? A three-hour round trip. So that's a certain amount of money in my head, just that. Just that, making that travel. Now, Key West is twice as far, which is three hours, six-hour round trip. It could be less. You could do it two and a half hours possible. But that's the whole day. That's the whole day, and I'm not near my office and all that stuff, so I wouldn't be able to use my – because when you do these notary signings and stuff like that, you got to scan documents back. Many, Oftentimes, to scan documents back to the people, to the title companies or mortgage companies because they need – it's time-sensitive. When it comes to closing, and they have to have the documents in order to make the, the you know get the closing. So they send me these bids, and they're for prices that if they were in the town I am, it would be all right. It'd still be less than I would charge in the town in Key Largo, but a hundred miles away, no. So yesterday or the day before, I got one. I'm not going to say from who. And they said, and the funny thing is they stipulate what you have to do, what you don't have to do, and you hear scan backs and this and that. You have to bring two witnesses. you got to use blue ink, which 
that's fine with the blue ink. How hard is that? And scan backs, that's a pain. But going down to Key West, there's there's a thing. It's a hefty cost for me time-wise. So it's going to be a hefty cost to someone else if they need it. But there's plenty of people down there. But the one thing they asked for was two witnesses. Two witnesses. Now, I told you it was three hours, two and a half to three hours. That's five hours to six hours. Just traveling down there and some of these um, signings and stuff take an hour up to two hours depending on how big they are but if you're going to take someone for the whole day down to Key West what are you going to do what are you going to do with them you know you really you get it you take them down to Key West you can't tell them to go out and drink and stuff like that until you need them they got to be there for the witnessing signatures and stuff like that which you should start right away because you should come back right well, how much are you going to pay them well they what they offered in pay was pretty much for the total thing was pretty much where I would probably almost use most of that on the one witness one witness and it was two and that's without paying me. And I just went, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. And I don't even know how I would do that down there with that for that price. So what they're doing is when you're doing a listing service, they're taking a portion of it. Someone say, let's say they offer $250. Here's $250. And you get to keep whatever you can. And they'll say, well, I'll see for $145. So we get to keep 105 and then they'll have to decide. Some of the things, it looks like, wow, they're not even given the, the right amount of money for it. They're just real bare bones. And I'm thinking, well, that's really sucky. I decided to become a notary signing agent when this shit was occurring. I'm not talking I'm talking about online services. And once again, they're draining capital from the, they're draining capitals from capital or money from the signing agents. And they're not, they don't contemplate, they don't have to because they got they get thousands and thousands of uh, jobs a day, especially now it's so busy and they just send them out and people, people, I guess, eventually take them, but sometimes they show the same job a couple of times. And they do it normally like a day before. And sometimes they do it a day of. They send you a job for like it's an hour away. You know, it's an hour away. It's a day of. Most of the time, you who has who has most of the time three to four hours free in the middle of the day when they're moderately moderately busy. You know, and, the, and then the other ones they get for you like a, a five days head time. It's a rarity. The same day and the five day lead times are a rarity. Mostly it's a day or two. So I decided just to go it alone. I'll just say, I'm going to be listed. I go to the agents. I said, Are you using listing services or something like that? Are you not, not real estate listing services, notary listing services? Because they're going to end up, what happens? And I always think that when you you get what you pay for, you get for you pay for, and yes, it'll be a profitable com- company if you get like fifty dollars for every signing, just assigning the job and tell them what you have to do, and say, well, if you didn't do a good job, we'll just you move on. It's like 
Well, most of the time I'll just say, no, I'm not available. No, I'm not available. Because they're asking, what they ask for is more than, I mean, they, that's what they used to pay people a couple of years ago, maybe. But they're asking them to do more and go further. And that's just not one of those things I have to do because I have a regular job. So I'll just sit it out and see what becomes of these things. Because it's getting so busy. And it, I mean, when someone does a job for lower pay, sometimes they do a very good job. A lot of times they're slipshod. I wouldn't take a job for less than I'm worth. What do, you, what do you expect? What kind of workmanship or uh, work ethic do you expect to someone if normally the job costs, let's say, $28 an hour? And they were saying for an electrician. Someone down here said they were going to offer $26 for an electrician. Have you seen the uh, announcement this week? Bank of America. Bank of America, which wasn't necessarily the most, you know, they've done a lot of shit in their, in their day. When they say done a lot of shit, good and bad. They said by 2025, their starting uh, wage, they're going to move up their starting wage to $25 an hour. That's Bank of America. That's tellers and, wow, that's incredible. $20 an hour. I guess because they're streamlined so efficient with the computers and all that stuff. Not having so many tellers and stuff. There'd be loan officers and things like that. But... What's that say about electrician? If you're going to start out becoming, how much training do you need to become a bank teller? They don't have any, I mean, they really don't have schools for it anymore. You just go in there and you say, well, you're going to count this money. You count, make sure this is correct. You add this up and we ask you to add that up. And you give them a test and say, oh, you can add, you can, you can read, you can write. That's it. I'm not saying people that are tellers aren't, you know, they have to be responsible and they, they have to have clean records, and that's going to hurt you down here in the Keys. <laughs> you know, there's so many people that get busted for DUI and uh, whatever shit. That's the thing with notaries that, like, not everyone become, can become a notary because they do a background check, and they give you a point system for what you can do um, if you can be issued a commission. And the more things you do, if you want to get certified by certifying agencies, they're going to evaluate you too. So all these online services, I think it's great that someone's innovative and they come up with these ideas. But in a lot of instances, you just see, well, if you're surprised at Uber drivers acting badly, it's because it's not that great a job. You know, people, there's people that pop in to do it on Saturday night and stuff like that. You know, that might be a thing to do, you know. I would... You know, on Saturday night, I'm, it's easier for me to bartend. I don't want to necessarily get a stranger, drunk stranger in my car driving. I'd rather have the drunk in front of me. <laughs> no, not behind me. I've seen that. I've seen people get smacked. They smacked the shit out of the, the Uber drivers and Lyft drivers and stuff like that and abused the hell out of them. Um, I'm not into that. I don't, I don't, homie don't play that. How's that? Well, I'd like to thank you for listening. It's 40 minutes. It's time for me to eat because I'm feeling a rumble in my stomach. I do appreciate you for listening. I'd like to thank uh, all my friends for listening. I'd like to thank uh, everybody. 
everybody internationally and uh, all, all your listeners. If you have any questions, please send them to Jim at keysbartender.com. Also, uh, follow us on Facebook, The Keys Bartender, on, or Instagram, or Twitter. I know I don't do a lot of things on Instagram. I don't do that picture thing, even though I'm told I'm quite fetching. I like to use the word fetching. But I'd like to thank you for listening. This is Jim, the Keys Bartender, signing out. Uh, have a great day. Here goes the music.